bad business partners can destroy your business. Find out how to protect yourself on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by ConvertKit, the ultimate list building, tagging, and segmentation tool. To find out how ConvertKit can change your business and double your profits, go to servedomaster.com backslash ConvertKit today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. The most common misconception about online marketing and working online is that because it's all built around technology that you are totally secure that the software that the technology you use will ensure that the people you work with stay honest that they will pay you on time and that you never have to worry about anything bad happening but it's actually the complete opposite you can't go to court and say hey look there was a tracking link look at my numbers disagree with their numbers Online business is all about handshakes and trust, and I've been through some dark experiences. The first partner I ever worked with stole a massive amount of money from me and still, seven years later, still writes bad things about me online. He stole money from me, and he tried to get the word out that I had stolen from him. Of course, every time I said, if you don't stop slandering me, I'm going to take you to court, he would stop saying anything for about six months because his worst nightmare would be for us to go to court. (laughs) I was really stressed about this person for a long time until one of my friends, one of my friends, Jordan Harbinger, who is the host of the Art of Charm podcast, a very successful podcast. In fact, I'll, I should probably get him a guest on this one because he's a real genius. But he said to me, cockroaches fear the light. It's the smartest thing anyone said to me in a long time. And he was totally right. Every time I said, you know what, let's just, he was always threatening to sue me. I said, that's a great idea. Why don't you sue me? Let's go to court and let's talk about what happened. I said, why don't we open up the bank accounts? Open up the records because I've saved every email you've ever sent me and let's just go to court and see what happens. Every time I say that, he disappears. That's how you know someone's a real class act. They love to threaten to sue, but the moment you go, you know what, let's just do it. Let's find out which of us is right and which of us is wrong. We run away. This is the same person that's been through seven business partners and all the other business partners have stolen from him, according to his story. Now I look back and go, maybe he just lies about everyone, but I do know he's been through three divorces And that's a sign that someone doesn't know how to form long-term relationships, right? He can't keep business or personal relationships working. I really made some bad decisions early on. And I got some uh, bad wisdom from my first coach who was like, hey, you just got to lock in and agree to do whatever it takes to take breaking up off the table so that you can just get to the finish line. And of course, because I stayed in that business relationship, I ended up going to the emergency room and nearly dying because I was so stressed. I ended up almost eating a hole through my esophagus. I had so much acid reflux. I ended up in the hospital and uh, the doctors thought I wasn't going to make it. So that's the type of person who nearly killed me and still, you know, still chose to steal from me and just chose to attack my reputation. So I know what it's like to enter a partnership with the wrong type of person and to really get burned. And so you might think that I'd be totally against partnerships, that I'd be, I would say, never work with anyone else ever again. Uh, There are a couple of things I want you to think about before you enter into a partnership relationship. I do recommend that you make money on your own first. See, when you're starting out, and this was my mistake, and this is a very common mistake, you partner with someone because you want them to handle the stuff that you don't know how to do or you're afraid to do. Oftentimes, people will say they can do things they don't know how to do. He basically said he would be in charge of writing the sales letter and getting all the joint venture partners, getting all the people to promote our offer. At the end of the project, I wrote the entire sales video. He didn't write anything because he had no idea what he was doing. 
like none. He put no effort into it. And he was like, I'm spending 10 or 12 hours a day on Facebook lining up JVs for us. <laughs> That's a lie. That's not how it works. That's not how you get JV partners. And it doesn't take 12 hours a day of Facebook work, right? This is someone who's basically saying, hey, my job is to sit on Facebook all day and do nothing. This is kind of why I don't even know if this person's still in the business anymore. I haven't heard from him or seen him in years. And he certainly hasn't launched a product I've heard about in at least five years. Who cares? You can't make a living just sitting on Facebook talking to people all day. And of course, we ended up using my sales page. I only found out five days before launch. I had to write the whole sales letter. I had no idea what I was doing. As you know, I didn't learn copywriting until five years later. So what I wrote was probably garbage. I should try and go find it. I probably have it somewhere on one of my computers. But we launched and almost nobody promoted our offer. And it turned out all of, he spent six months talking to Facebook and no, no one actually promoted us because no one liked him. He's a very unlikable person. And I entered the relationship because I thought, hey, I don't feel comfortable getting joint venture partners. I don't know how to do it yet. And I don't really know how to handle this Facebook stuff. And I don't know how to write a sales, sales copy. So it makes sense to have a partner. Totally wrong. Big mistake. It's much better to, and I've learned this, and to wait until you really know what you can and can't do by trying things. See, if there's something your partner's in charge of that you really don't know how to do, you're going to get screwed probably 90% of the time. Because you won't know if they can do it or not. They won't, you won't know if they're good or crappy at their job. So you have no way to assess if they're really doing what they're saying, right? I wasn't able to assess if he was really working on the sales letter or not because he wouldn't let me see it. I wasn't really able to assess what he was doing on Facebook all day, right? This is someone who was sending me over 100 emails a day in addition to 50 texts a day. He was spending all day long writing me because, not just because he was dead inside part of it, but also because he knew he wasn't doing anything. So he had to put enough pressure on me to get me to do both sides of the work. And the reason I was vulnerable is because I had no idea. I didn't understand what I was doing. So this is why when I say when you're first starting out, I recommend this in Serve No Master in the book. I talk about this and I want to share it here. Don't get a business partner until you know what you're doing. So I don't hire, like I have people who work for me and I would never hire an employee to do something I don't know how to do anymore. I've learned my lesson. Every time you hire someone, whether it's a graphic designer or a copier or anything, as soon as they realize you couldn't do their job, they start to play games. They start to get lazy or slack off or do something. And you always end up suffering and business partners do the same thing. So I know how to do all my own graphics. I, every single product cover, every single graphic on Servo Master, I did myself. I used to pay someone else to do that stuff, a lot of money. And then I realized he was probably spending two hours a week doing it and pretending to be working for me because he took a job from one of my friends and I said, this guy's supposed to be working for me full time. Our contract was that this, for graphic designer, was that he wouldn't take jobs working for other people, but he wouldn't put in the time of my work, he was ripping me off. And then when I fired him, he was like, I thought we were a family. I was like, hey, you've been stealing from me. You're supposed to work for me 40 hours a week. You took a job from someone else. And when I checked your work, you're putting in like two hours a week for me. So it took me a long time to learn this. This is a lesson that cost me well into the six figures to learn over the course of different partnerships and employees and I hope you can understand it now. Yeah, it's hard to do some of these things. It's hard to learn how to build a website. It's hard to learn how to do graphics. But if you don't learn how to do this stuff, your business partners or people you hire will really rip you off. I know someone who pays $25,000 for a landing page design. A landing page design, he's paying probably 50 times more than he should be. 50 times more than it's worth because he doesn't know what he's doing. Now, the guy is, has so much money to pour into it that he eventually makes the money back which is amazing to me. It turns out that you can get ripped off and still make a profit if you have millions of dollars to invest in your business. But when you're starting out and someone rips you off hard, it happens to everyone. You get ripped off for a grand here, five grand there, seven grand there. It just destroys you. It's hard to recover from it. I don't want that to happen to you. So when you're forming a partnership, you need to really know what the other person's doing and be able to assess it. This is why I recommend you do everything on your own. Yeah, it's tough. You launch your first product. You don't make that much money, but now you've done it. 
Now you know all the pieces. So then when you work with someone, you can see them accelerating or not accelerating it. You can say, hey, you're not doing a better job than I've done before. Now when I partner with people, I can say, hey, you're not doing something better than I would do it on my own. Why are we working together? So I only work with people that can do something better than me. I partnered up with someone right on my parenting project. Why? Because he's a better copywriter than me. He has a better understanding of the market I want to enter. I have an understanding and I know what I can bring to the table and I'm very clear about what he can do better than me. So maybe I can generate 10 joint venture partners, but he could generate 115 and I know that and I know how to track that. So that's where the value comes from. And I've seen his sales letters versus mine. He's very talented and we've written some copy together. All of these pieces are because I know my value very clearly because I've done each of those things. Now you can have really good business relationships. I have some very good partners in other areas I'm in right now. In fact, right now I'm traveling and one of my partners, my publisher for all of my uh, relationship books now, all my relationship courses, he paid for the hotel room I'm staying in for the week. Put me in an amazing suite on the special floor you can only get to in a key card. It's way nicer than, I've, than where I would have chosen to stay on my own. <laughs> I'm so used to island living that I'm always trying to watch every penny when I go to a more expensive country. I'm just used to living at a certain level and I always think, well, I could spend the money on this or I could buy another new surfboard. So you can have partners that really take care of you and give you a great experience. And the only way to separate the two is to know what you're doing and to know what your value is. So as you're starting out, before you enter into partnerships, the two steps I would really recommend for you are number one, to do an entire launch on your own. Go through the entire process of releasing a product on your own. And then, only then, start to work with someone because you can assess what a measurement of success is, even if your first product is a total tank. You can then know what success is. Now, one of the things that can really help you, and I'm a big fan of this, is mentorship or coaching. Now, I have worked with coaches a lot to help me learn every new skill. Every time I want to get good at something, I find someone who's already good at it to help me learn. That's very critical. So you can work on your own and have a coach. Now, we, you know, there's other lessons where I can talk about how to assess if someone's a good or bad coach. You certainly don't have to buy your coaching from me. Okay, the fact you're listening to this podcast is more than enough. You're already a follower of me and I appreciate that, but you should definitely, whatever you want to learn, find someone who's excellent at it and you can afford. And you can get someone, you want someone who's really there with you to walk you through every little piece of the steps so you can learn all the pieces on your own. Some of the things that you have to learn to build a business are very painful and they're painful in different ways. One of the big struggles I know for new people, especially if you're older than me, is building your first website really feels like a nightmare and it's tough. Because there's all these tiny little technology steps that feel overwhelming and you didn't grow up on computers so it's not as natural for you. And I understand that. And then there's all the banking stuff. Man, I hate that stuff too, okay? With this first business partner, he spent a huge amount of money setting up a really complicated legal structure. So he wanted to form the business in Las Vegas but then the business is owned in Florida and he chose a bank. I still don't understand why. So the bank we used for our joint business was the nearest branch was 10 hours from me and eight hours from him. Neither of us lived near a branch of the bank. So we had all of these problems. There were all these challenges with how everything was set up and it ended up costing massive amounts of money. Spent, he spent like $3,000 setting up a business structure that I was against. I said, why are we doing it this way? Let's keep it simple. Let's make money first. But some people love to spend, 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 especially when someone has a big savings or they came off a big job or they get a big inheritance. We don't want to do that. I'm, I'm all about controlling costs so that way you, the, the distance to profit is shorter. See, if you spend $5,000 to launch your first product, you have to make $5,000 in profit before you've made a dollar. You have to make back that whole investment, whether you spent that money coaching infrastructure or setting up your LLC. However you spend that money, it's the barrier between you and actual success. If you spend 100 bucks, 
you only have to make $101 to make back a profit as opposed to 5,001. So when you're working with partners, you can get pulled into decisions you're not sure about. Setting up your banking infrastructure correctly can be really annoying. One of my friends, I was talking the other day, he got into a partnership. He has a really good business partner who's very good in some ways, but also is always wanting to try new things. It can be very expensive. They decided to set up a series of merchant accounts. And you know I'm against big name merchant accounts because they ch- they're charging him right now $3,000 a month to maintain a series of merchant accounts. He's not running any business through them. It's a $36,000 a year loss. They set up this infrastructure and I said, shut them down. The guys, they basically got partnered with some other people that said, you need to set up these accounts and we'll start sending in $100,000 a day in business to your products, right? And then as soon as they spent 10 months sending all this stuff up, all this complicated structure, doing all this banking stuff, total nightmare, as soon as it's set up, suddenly those guys disappeared. They can't find them anymore, not hearing from them on the phone or anything. I know what that feels like. That's why we get caught up in these decisions, right? His partner brought him into this idea and he was like, I'm not sure if we should do this. He's like, no, no, it's going to be big. Now, don't get me wrong. These two guys are great partners because they're total opposites. And this partner also brought him another deal that he was against at the same time that's made him over seven figures this year. So what I'm saying is that sometimes your partner brings you really good ideas that you're against and sometimes they'll bring you really bad ideas you're against. When you're starting out on your own and you'll be more cautious in the right ways. I don't pay any monthly fees for my merchant accounts. And I merchant through... Braintree and through Stripe. Braintree is owned by PayPal. I use Stripe. I use Square. If you buy anything from me, you'll notice because they send you a receipt. That's who does the payment processing. If you're doing massive volume, if you're doing more than $50,000 a month, it starts to make sense to use a different platform because of the way the money works out. You know, merchant accounts, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, they all charge different percentages. Some of them charge you a flat fee per month plus a percentage. So let's say you're with a merchant and they charge you $500 a month plus 2.9%. Or you can go with someone who's free, but 3.9%. So once that 1% of your sales is greater than $500, it makes more sense to go to the other company. Give you a basic idea. You can find amazing partners to work with once you really know what you're doing. I've had partnerships work and not work over time. I've had other people screw me over time. I've had other deals fail and other deals do well. I'll never give up on working with people but the one thing for me and this is the first time I've done this in a while is that I really wanted to have something that's totally me serve no master is all me so I have other industries I'm in parenting dating health physical clothing some other stuff I do all these other areas those are all with partners I work with other people in all those areas but serve no master is the one area that's 100% me that's why I don't have a lot of podcast guests I may you know I always talk about this I may in the future especially um, after I go to some events where I can interview people in person, just crank out a ton of interviews and kind of bring them in as also as a way of bringing in a lot more traffic and to bring a lot more people into hearing my voice. I'm just not 100% sure on that yet. I think about it back and forth, but I like to have a single message for you. When you have a partner, every decision has to be mutual or you end up in disagreement. And I know a lot of people that were great partners for a long time and they always eventually run into something. It's very hard for a business partnership to last a whole lifetime. So I don't really, I'm still not a believer in doing 100% of your business with a partner. I think it's okay to have a partner for 60% of what you're working on or even 50% or 40% in that area, but you always want to have some side project stuff you do on your own. And I diversify by having some of my own stuff, by also having stuff I do with a bunch of different partners. Those are the two ways I diversify. So think about why you feel the need to work with a partner or if you think a partner is a good idea. If the partner is holding up the end of the deal. 
oftentimes you'll start to see red flags and you'll overlook them and be like, no, I made a commitment. And that's a tough spot to be in. I probably should have backed out of that partnership way earlier. Or maybe I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't, I don't know. But you get these red flags and then you'll ask for external advice, hey, should I quit? So the last thing I'll tell you is that I, I have a policy and that is that if I get a bad feeling, I eject from a project. If I get a bad feeling about someone, I don't give them the benefit of the doubt. I learned my lesson, I've done that a few times. And just now actually, you know, I recently, we did that, I did the episode talking about insurance. I got a bad feeling from the insurance person passed me on to someone else. First he said, hey, I'll handle you personally. And I said, great. And then he passed me on to someone else a few hours later. I go, wait a minute, what? The, all right, what's this about, okay? And then that person started getting, playing games. They started using language they knew I wouldn't know. And I, even when I said, what, do you, what does a sentence mean? Because what you're saying is a weird sentence. And they responded using the same term. They said, oh, this includes a 25% loading. And I don't know if that's a real insurance term because I asked other people I know in American insurance, they'd never heard it. And I, I said, I don't know why, I don't know what this sentence means. You have to be very clear about what you're trying to say to me. You're asking me to spend with you over the course of this contract, like $100,000. How about you be really clear with me? And the response was again, well, you know, if certain things aren't met, then there's gonna be a 25% loading. And I said, I don't wanna do business with you anymore. I asked you to explain what a term meant and you chose to reuse the term. Whenever someone does that, to me, that's a sign they're trying to be misleading. And as soon as they get a feeling that someone is being a little bit misleading, I back out hardcore. I don't do business in that way. I'm real simple. If I get a bad feeling, I walk out of the room. I trust my gut instinct. And that's something you want to think about, okay? Because of the coach I had at the time, because of the coach, me and this guy uh, were paying together to coach us through this launch. And he certainly, I mean, he helped me in some ways with networking, but in every, a lot of other areas, he gave me really bad advice and made me stay in that relationship. And uh, I'm not 100% sure on everything he told me afterwards was being, you know, but this is what happens when you're, I, you know, I didn't pick that coach either. Same mistake. The business partner picked the coach. And I was like, who is this guy? And when you get pulled into this and someone keeps telling you, no, stay in the relationship. And they'll, I basically had a coach to have me stay in an abusive relationship. Why did I say it's abusive? Well, I almost died <laughs> and I ended up having a lot of money stolen from me. So when you're thinking about leaving and you start seeing those red flags, my advice is to eject before you start signing contracts, before you start getting joint bank accounts or giving someone your social security number. Okay. I definitely had to deal with the IRS directly and make sure the guy couldn't keep trying to use my social security number for projects without my permission because he definitely tried to do that. That's uh, the kind of person this was. Okay. I had to do all of these things to make sure that I was protected because Behind the scenes, he was doing a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say extremely illegal, but pretty illegal and extremely dishonest. So it was that far down the garden path. Even after I terminated the relationship, I found out he was trying to continue operating a business under my social security number. What he'd done was taken my name off the business records without me knowing it. So I was no longer a board member or whatever of the company, but they were operating under my social security number. So I couldn't tell them to stop using it. I had to deal directly with the IRS and get that problem fixed. That's the kind of uh, thing you get to deal with if you end up going down the path with a dark partner. You can end up having trouble with the federal government, which is really, really fun. So when you're thinking about who to partner with and you're thinking about going down this path, I want you to have your eyes wide open and recommend that you wait until you know what you're doing. Now, I don't want to end on a super sad note. That would have been a pretty dramatic end note, but I want to remind you that now I work with partners who pay me a great deal of money, that we have great relationships, that we have a really strong understanding of what we do and we make a lot of money together. 
So you can have really successful partnerships, but I recommend that you wait until you understand what you're doing and you've made a little bit of money online. So that way you go in with your eyes open and you don't have to let people take advantage of your naivete, especially if you have money. Like if you've got five, 10 or $25,000 saved up and you can use it to build your first business, the last thing you wanna do is let some dumb dumb spend that money in a way that ends up hurting you. You know, because when the partnership ends, they go, oh, well, the money's all gone. And you go, wait, 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 my money's all gone. What happened? And that's, that's what stinks. So keep your eyes open. Wait until you have an understanding of how to build your online business. And when you get a feeling that someone might not be a good partner, back out of it. It's okay. It's better to eject and lose a month of work or six weeks of work than to stay there and lose six months of work at the end. Trust your instinct because you do have good natural instincts. You wouldn't be alive if you didn't. Whether you believe in evolution or causality or nature versus nurture, whatever, you have instincts that have kept you long enough to be alive to hear this webinar. Obviously, your instincts work. So trust them a little bit. If you get a bad feeling about someone, pull out of the relationship. A piece of advice that one of my business partners gave me was that whenever you're thinking about fire someone, as soon as you think about it, pull the trigger. It was a really good piece of advice because I waited too long to fire someone earlier this year. Cost me a couple hundred bucks or maybe even a couple thousand bucks. I was like, probably fire this person. I should probably fire this person. I just waited too long, probably six weeks too long. And it still sucked when I fired them. And they still tried to make me feel all guilty. I was like, I've been trying to not, I was like, I've been trying to not fire you for six weeks. And there was no appreciation. People don't appreciate it. So trust your instincts. When you get that first feeling that something might be wrong, pull out. But when you have constant positive feelings and when you can communicate with someone and things are very good, that's very good. And finally, remember to diversify so that you never have a single point of vulnerability. You don't want to have a business partner who's in control of your entire revenue stream and then they get sick or something worse happens and suddenly you don't know what to do because you don't have access to all the accounts or you don't know how certain parts of the things are done. So you never want to be a partner who's in total ignorance. Every time you see a partnership where there's a really big problem, it's usually because one partner or the other doesn't understand or doesn't know how to do what the other one's doing. You don't want to have someone you're working with who knows how to do something you have no idea how to do. You want to be working with people who are simply better at that part of the business. And that's how you can form amazing partnerships. And it's how you can avoid getting destroyed by a bad partnership. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. To find out how you can get a free copy of my new book, head over to servenomaster.com backslash podcasts right now.